Hello, and welcome to Quick Charge. I'm Mikey G, and it's Tuesday, November 7th. Tesla service workers in Sweden are on strike, and Tesla commented publicly for the first time. Late last month, Tesla service workers in Sweden threatened to strike over the lack of collective bargaining covering their working conditions. After getting no response from Tesla, the strike began almost two weeks ago, which covers dock workers and service workers in the country since they have no manufacturing plant. After a couple of meetings with IF Metal, a large union that is leading the strike, Tesla issued a public statement saying, quote, It is unfortunate that IF Metal has taken these measures. Tesla follows Swedish labor market regulations, but like many other companies, has chosen not to enter into collective agreement. We already offer equivalent or better agreements than those covered by collective bargaining and find no reason to sign any other agreement. Now, Tesla's response hasn't exactly instilled confidence in the workers. As a matter of fact, the Swedish Dock Workers Union said that if the strike was not resolved by today, that they would stop unloading vehicles in four Swedish ports, and that's today. So, yeah. The strike has now expanded to third-party repair shops as well, with 17 additional shops across the country refusing to work on Tesla vehicles. And a Swedish electrician's union also will refuse to work at shops for Tesla. This and charging stations. That one will begin on November 15th. So it seems like this situation is snowballing a bit beyond Tesla's desires. BMW appears highly confident about their latest generation of battery cells and claims that Tesla needs to close the gap with them. The automaker is preparing to launch their sixth generation battery cell, which is developed in-house. BMW claims several improvements with those cells, including 20% increase in energy density, 60% lower production-related carbon emissions, and 30% more range on the pack level. These larger cells, the BMW group claims, quote, Tesla will need to close the gap with us. So, while all that talk shows confidence, the sixth-generation battery cells are not going to make their way into new EVs until 2025. Now, if this and other claims sound somewhat familiar, it's because Tesla is improving their own 4680 battery cell and is nowhere near what they wanted to do in terms of their announcements at Battery Day. It's possible that BMW is attempting to reverse-engineer Tesla's cell and base race for the product to come to market. Rivian has released its third quarter earnings after market close, showing strong results as production and deliveries picked up. Meanwhile, losses are shrinking. Rivian generated $1.34 billion in revenue in the third quarter, up from $1.12 billion in the second quarter, beating estimates and deliveries continued progressing. Gross profits improved, posting a negative gross profit of $477 million in the third quarter, compared to $917 in last year. Rivian's gross profit per vehicle improved by about $2,000, still at a loss of about $30,500 per vehicle. Rivian's operating expenses grew to $693 million compared to $857 last year as the EV maker increased output. Their net losses reached $1.3 billion in the third quarter, which is up from $1.12 billion in the second quarter. However, the number is still down from $1.7 billion last year, and $1.4 billion in the first quarter. In light of the progress, Rivian is increasing its production target for 2023, now going up 2,000 from their previous goal. Rivian ended the third quarter with $9.13 billion in cash and equivalents, down slightly from 9.2 at the end of June. With its revolving credit facility, the company now has $10.25 billion in liquidity. 
Rivian will make its EDV electric delivery vehicle available to customers. The company is following through on its planned end of its exclusivity agreement with Amazon and is now making them available for any company that wants to order them. Rivian said that it's, quote, already speaking to additional customers who also love the Rivian commercial van. They declined to elaborate on who those customers could be. As part of the announcement, it looks like Rivian is renaming the vehicle from the EDV to the Rivian RCV, or Rivian commercial van. However, since it's still calling it a commercial van, it suggests that the company still sees primarily commercial applications. Sounds like electric camper van enthusiasts will have to look elsewhere. Audi has begun building electric motors for its long-awaited EV platform called the Premium Platform Electric, which is being co-developed with Porsche. This PPE, as they shorthand called it, has been delayed several times, pushing back the highly anticipated EVs on the roster, the electric Porsche Macan and the Audi Q6 e-tron. Production of the first PPE-based Audi model is expected to start by the end of this year, and the Porsche Macan EV is expected to launch on that same platform next year. In another bit of news that's too small for its own spot, Lucid has announced that they are making the change to the NACS connector in North America. And in all the updates from the whole industry, I had forgotten that they didn't do that already. The world's largest automaker is losing out in the world's largest market. Toyota's joint venture with Chinese FAW Group said in a letter reviewed by Reuters, quote, Production from December to February next year will continue to be reduced by a large amount. Now, the letter added that sales to Toyota's dealers will be cut to 66,000 in December, 60,000 in January, and 38,000 in February. Toyota has already announced layoffs in the region with another joint venture of theirs with China's GAC. Toyota's partnership with FAW launched its first electric sedan, the BZ3, earlier this year in the Middle Kingdom. All of this hoping to spark some demand. Seems like they'll have to try something else. The transition to EVs caught many automakers off guard, and they're now paying for it. China's auto market was first, but other key markets are expected to follow. RAM has released details about its RAM 1500 RAM charger, which revives the old Dodge Ram Charger name, but apparently turns into the ultimate electric machine. Now, the vehicle is a plug-in series hybrid, and it's got an EV onboard range-extending generator. The vehicle takes the battery electric powertrain used for the Ram 1500 REV and adds a Pentastar V6 as a 130-kilowatt onboard generator. has a 92-kilowatt-hour battery pack that can deliver 145 miles of range, and when paired with the V6, can potentially deliver 690 miles of range. Not quite ultimate, but... Ram executives at the launch event were sure to emphasize that since there is no direct mechanical pathway from the engine to the wheels, they say it's not a hybrid and it is electric, saying, quote, all of the propulsion is electrical. You can stay tuned for my comments on the Ram 1500 Ram Charger. Hey, you didn't have to wait too long. Here are my thoughts on the Ram 1500 Ram Charger. If I were describing this to a potential buyer or just a friend, I would say it's a hybrid. I mean, sure, the gasoline engine doesn't drive the wheels directly, but you can't very well say that it's electric when you're at the gas station filling it up. I realize that Ram has some marketing to do, and outside the bounds of quick charge, there's a lot of people out there who don't understand what an electric car really is. 
That gets all the more confusing when Ram is selling this as an electric car. Toyota's done the same thing for electrified cars, but to me, filling it up with gasoline very clearly puts it in the same realm as every other hybrid, like the Toyota Prius. Now, one could say that any electric motor makes it an electric vehicle, and the fuel source doesn't really change the definition that it's still electric, but in terms of selling to the public, we have to be clear and not rely on strict scientific definitions, as if that's really the case, but I'm just going to move on. It's not a hamburger with lettuce and tomato, because people know what those things are. Hardly anyone knows the difference between a series or a parallel hybrid, and we can't expect them to. People generally know what a hybrid is, and we should stick with that. In my opinion, regular heavy and long hauling is a market that I don't know if electric is ready for today. I don't believe that electric trucks are a one-to-one -one replacement for gas trucks in every use case. Trucks like the Ram 1500 Ram Charger could be incredible new tools for the steady march of technological progress. It very well could sell to an enthusiastic new market and get them into the next generation of trucks that could very well deliver those needs fully electric. But I think that misleading the public by insisting that it's an electric vehicle, that's just not right. In today's community comment, a couple of you noticed that I was wearing a Wu-Tang Clan t-shirt. Let me tell you a fun story about that one. When I worked at a bike shop years ago, I would hand customers a helmet to test ride, and I insisted that we use the Wu-Tang Clan helmet that I found at a show. I got to keep that old helmet, and it became a joke of how many grandmas I could get to represent Wu-Tang Clan as they run around on some electric beach cruiser. Fast forward, and a friend of mine got me that very t-shirt to commemorate my conquest. Thanks for watching Quick Charge. I'm Mikey G, and I hope you have a great day.